Watashi no namae wa Christian desu. And you're listening to Vention, where people find passions and passions find people. For today's episode, episode number 21, I have on a colleague of mine, Julia Carnes. So, without further ado, Ichi, Ni, San, Hai! Hazuki is coming Kazuki-san. on. Oh, Yeah. Really? Yeah. When? Um, he leaves like middle January. Yeah, he's graduating. So, um, uh, so I was going to maybe do it next week, but he's probably going to be very busy next week. Wow. So, That's probably、awesome. early January. Yeah, Kazuki is really cool. Yeah. Yeah.、He's、I got, enjoy him. Yeah. He's, he's a lot of fun.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he can scrutinize、oh, all、gosh. your little. Yeah. All your little things. I've been in a couple of his YouTube videos. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got a pretty good YouTube channel.、Going. Yeah. Super cool. I, I remember watching a few of those. Yeah. A while ago.、Um, but it is funny, like,、uh, like in text and different things, like you can tell, like it's not first language and stuff like that. But、yeah. in no way, shape, or form would I ever correct him、mm. because I'm like, I have no right to correct somebody who's just like that good at both languages. I was like, Just, yeah. yep, just go right ahead. I think for me, I have corrected him a few times, but、mm-hmm. because I understand, I mean, I'm not as good in Japanese as he is in English, but、oh, okay. I understand、um, what he's trying、wow. to say. Yeah, like what he's trying to say. And if there's a way that I can, you know, gently be like, hey, here's how you would say that、yeah. instead of using this, it might sound more natural. I think it's really beneficial to the language learner. Yeah, definitely. To have people pouring. In, like, their advice and their tips. Yeah. Who understand, yeah. you know, that it's not just because, like, he's so smart. Yeah. It's not because he is struggling really to learn,、mm-hmm. maybe. But I just mean it's really helpful to point some things out sometimes. Absolutely.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's very important.、Um, yeah. So、um, you're a very passionate individual,、um, you、gosh. have very different. <laughs> Uh, things that you would want to do. So, why did you go to Japan? That is a really good question. I actually, in high school, was, I remember in eighth grade, I was signing up for my classes and、mm-hmm. such. And my parents, I wanted to take French. So, my parents were like, no, the Japanese teacher is amazing. And he's this short little Irish dude. <laughs>、uh. <laughs> and he was a Mormon missionary in Japan. But his, his name was Mr. Callister, and he honestly was such a great teacher. But I remember being really frustrated with my parents because I didn't exactly want to, you know, it, I had, you know, the stereotype of people who learn Japanese as being like dweebs or yeah, yeah, yeah. otaku. And like, I just was like, no, I don't want to do this. So the first semester, freshman year, I like did not work hard at all. I got a C in the class. But then I, Like, after the first semester ended, the people that didn't really care and all they really wanted to be in Japanese for was because of like anime and such. Yeah.、Um, they kind of filtered out of the class. And then there were more students that actually like cared about it and、mm-hmm. found it interesting learning a new kind of sort of mathematical system, which would be a language.、Huh. And having that perspective, I realized, wow, like I'm actually pretty good at learning this. And it was really hard at first, but I also was fascinated by. The different alphabets.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, yeah, so then I just started really, really honing into that class. And I studied so much、um, that I was kind of, I guess, past what the class was learning most、mm-hmm. of the time because I would just go home and just learn it all. And like, I'd watch all these YouTube videos and read all these books.、Mm-hmm. And eventually, Um, I had the opportunity to go to Japan for a whole year, my junior year of high school, or sophomore year of high school, because my mom's coworker married a Japanese woman. And so he was moving his family to Japan. And he was like, Julia could come stay with us for a year if she wanted to. So I was like, heck yeah, I totally want to do that. <laughs>、uh, so、uh, I took a bunch of online classes and stuff that whole year to get my credits all aligned so that I would still graduate、yeah. high school. Uh, in time, but it didn't work out for me to go for a full year. So I just went for that summer and I did a college Japanese class in Nagasaki. And,、um, well, a course, I guess you would say, like yeah, a summer yeah, yeah. course.、Um, but then I also traveled to like northern Japan in Iwate Prefecture、um, for about a month after that. And I spent a, 
about three months of 2017 in Japan. And at that time, I didn't really speak Japanese. I was just absorbing so much. Yeah. But also during that time, my grandfather died and it was really hard for me. So there was a time where I kind of just like blocked everything out and just mm -hmm. kind of was, you know, a little bit depressed. Yeah. But I overcame that and uh, ended up having like just this amazing, amazing summer. Like probably one of the highlights of my life. And so then I got back to America and I really wanted to go back to Japan. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell a story. This is not going to be flow. I'm sorry. Uh, so <laughs> in Iwate, I was on this train to this festival called like Sansa Odori Matsuri. And um, it means Sansa Dance Festival. Uh -huh. <laughs> and Iwate is kind of like Kentucky, maybe. I don't know. There's just not a lot of foreigners. And there's also not a lot of, you know, touristy things. Yeah. So I was on this train <laughs> for like 15 minutes. And, you know, I obviously do not look Japanese in the slightest. Mm -hmm. I am very white. <laughs> and um, I was speaking English with the people that I was with because they were my neighbors back home. My next door-ish neighbors mm -hmm. that were half Japanese. And so the kids didn't speak Japanese. And they were uh, 14 and my age, which would have been 16. So I was speaking English to the kids. And then two Japanese Americans came up to me and they... They were like, hey, we're from, we're from Los Angeles. Uh, we heard you speaking English, and we don't really see a lot of American people here. So what are you doing here? And I kind of explained, like, oh, I'm 16. I just decided to come to Japan, and I'm really liking it. And I've just been going here and here and here and learning this. And eventually they, they gave me their business card, and they were like, if you ever want to come back to Japan, just email us, and you can stay with us. And I had only talked to them for 10 minutes. Uh, so I kind of took the business card. I was like, Oh, thank you so much. Like, yeah, thanks. But in my head, I was like, that's weird. I'm not, not I don't know you guys. Yeah. Be creepy. <laughs> um, so then I got back to America and I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to go back to Japan really bad. Because also that whole year I'd saved up all my money and paid for that trip. So it was also the satisfaction of just working hard to get something you really wanted. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I remember my mom sitting down with my mom and being like, mom, I'd really love to go back to Japan next summer. And her being like, you can't just go without any plans. Like, you have to make plans. And I'm not helping you because you have to figure this out. And frankly, I don't think you can go back because you, you don't have anything to do there. And so then I took that kind of as a challenge and started working 35 or 30 to 35 hours a week as a lifeguard uh, during school, saving all my money so I could go back next uh, summer. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, just having this flashlight moment, like, oh, my gosh, I have this business card. Like, this is my way back. Yeah. <laughs> I can stay with them. Uh, so I remember, like, searching through some of the stuff that I had in boxes from last semester or semester, summer <laughs> from Japan and, like, being like, oh, I really hope that her business card is still in here. And I found it. And so then that day I sent an email to her. Her name was Erica. And I was like, hi, my name's Julia. I don't know if you remember me, but we met on this train and I sent her a picture of myself. It's like, I was wondering if I could stay with you next, you know, next summer. Cause I was like kind of nervous to be like, can I just stay with you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, she responded the next day. She's like, absolutely. And I found out that they were missionaries from Los Angeles. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. And they were also English teachers. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's then, perfect. That was my ticket back to Japan uh, because I also had a senior project that I was working on. I had to job shadow, you know, a profession. So I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that's my reason. Like I go over there, job shadow them, stay with them and also just be back in Japan. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then through that, after afterwards, that was in Iwate. I also contacted the person that was in Nagasaki, my mom's old coworker, and I asked him if I could stay there with him and his family, too. And he actually set up a bunch of homestays for me in Nagasaki. So that was really cool. So then I spent the, the summer of 2018 in Japan as well. So, yeah, that's and, long story. That's Sorry super about that. cool. Um, have you been back since? <laughs> I haven't. I was actually supposed to study abroad in Hiroshima this uh, year. But, you know, because COVID. of COVID. Yep. Stupid. Koro koro. I yeah. mean, that's, I, I have heard that's how the Nigerians pronounce or their little nickname for the coronavirus is koro koro. Koro koro. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cute. Um. So the original intention was, so your major mm -hmm. is 
behavioral uh, health behavioral sciences. Behavioral health sciences. Yes. What do you want to do with that? I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually, like ever in my life, I've never had a clear vision or a clear idea of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I have wanted to do was just travel uh-huh. and learn things not necessarily in a school setting. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I can get kind of unmotivated in, in school, like classes and stuff, which is my own bad. I need to work on that with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love learning and experiencing the world. And I've never really been academically minded to where I have a plan. Of, yeah. You know, so I, I'm trying to work on that and uh-huh. trying to figure out, because I obviously I need a plan. I mean, I'm in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But yeah, I've just always been kind of one who wants to just go and just figure things out and like learn things and yeah. not have any set goals, which yeah. like is I'm, I'm trying to figure them out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is good. It's, yeah. it's good to have like a balance between the two. Yeah, because totally. like it's good to, to understand options and availabilities, mm-hmm. but not limit yourself to something so niche or so specific that. Like you no longer do what you want to do, exactly, or what you what what you enjoy. I think it's I think it's like super cool that um, that like Japanese wasn't your first choice. Yeah, it was like, French. <laughs> so so like technically speaking, had you taken that like French classes, mm-hmm. you'd be going to France. Me probably not actually. No, because just the way that I ended up in Japan was just just it was almost like it was God, you yeah. know, setting paving these roads for me there yeah, to grow me as a person and just to learn about the world. And like, uh, but I don't think I would have, you know, the most I would have done in France would probably be on the, you know, the senior trip to France, which is like a week. Yeah. Because I have no connections there at all. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So Japan for me was definitely more than that. And it was also like overcoming my own struggles by myself without my parents or without really anybody. (laughs) So I would yeah. be sketched out to live in France. It, yeah, would, it would be pretty sketchy. I've heard that, I mean, it might be a stereotype, but like Parisians are sometimes rude to Americans, but I don't really care. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, Americans stand up, stand out like a sore thumb. That's true. And yeah. typically they're carrying around like massive luggage mm. when they're just like staring at you like, oh, huh. but yeah, it's like, I, I guarantee they get tens if not hundreds of thousands of americans just cycling through every year yeah but yeah and so it's like it's it's so touristy and stuff like that that like it's kind of been saturated enough to the point where it's no longer genuine france type of thing maybe i would still love to go to france yeah i know that there's a lot of history just rooted within oh, the country definitely. and also just all of europe i would love to visit those places but yeah i definitely agree I don't know if I would see myself living there no, also because yeah. I don't have any passion for yeah. for that. It, it, it's it's really fun place to go. You've um, been there? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> and, so cool. Um, no, yeah, it's definitely awesome. And it's there are a few places like that Yeah. where it's like they're amazing to go to. And like every time we're there, we're like, well, not every time. I've only been to France once. Okay. <laughs> but like whenever you're in those locations, mm-hmm. everybody will always say it. Like throughout the trip, somebody's going to say it. If not, everybody's going to say it. They say, it's a great place to go. It's an amazing place to visit, but I would not want to live here. Yeah. And I guess that's also kind of just like, because we're from, like, I'm from suburb Arizona. And it's just like, we're, it's so different. Mm-hmm. It's like a night and day difference. Um, and, but when you visit and things like that, you immerse yourself in the culture and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it, but it is like, uh, I would say France is one of those locations where um, it's very um, appealing visually, but then literally night and day difference between literally night and day type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's like um, there are pros and cons of everywhere. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I just, I, I think it's so cool because it's like with you in Japanese because it's just like, not just because it's Japanese, because I, I do really enjoy the culture and stuff like that. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and like values and things that they've cherished over the millennia when yeah. when like we'll thousands just kind of like just toss it aside type of thing. I think mm-hmm. I think there are very admirable traits about their culture and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, 
the fact that it just like came out of just learning a class. Yeah, honestly, just Mr. Callister's class. <laughs> and then and then the um, English teaching thing mm -hmm. that was just kind of it, it, like it fell into place. Like yeah, it wasn't it definitely did. it wasn't something that you were like striving to be an English teacher. Or no. Anything. Yeah. And I also realized um, that I didn't want to do that when <laughs> I was job shadowing <laughs> uh, Mr. Croft and Mrs. Croft. Yeah, that was their names. Um, and I also job shadowed another English teacher in Nagasaki, but, um, I just realized that I didn't find myself really, truly, you know, super interested in English teaching. Mm -hmm. What I found really interesting was, um, just getting to know people. Yeah. And there's, it, it's a little difficult in Japan because there's this like outside friendliness and outside just welcomingness and mm -hmm. just niceness, but on, it's really hard to get to know people truly yeah. who they are. Uh, it's like harder than it was it is for me in America. I mean, I also am American, but um, also getting to know myself better because there are times like when you're when I was facing culture shock of like <laughs> okay, I've never like there's like this the, the first phase of culture shock is where you're just fascinated by everything and you're just kind of in this euphoria like wow, this is yeah. an amazing country, an amazing culture like it I love it so much. And then there's this phase where you go through where um you have a hard time you know choosing or balancing out your own culture like yeah. the american culture that i've lived in for so long and then being in this culture for a while it was hard for me to like i i felt like i had to choose one or the other mm -hmm. so then i just rejected both and that was during the time where my grandpa yeah. died yeah so i just kind of like became a little bit of a hermit <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh yeah but um, overcoming that, honestly, it really grew my self-confidence and mm. my self-esteem. And, um, I realized that, you know, I think humans transcend culture to a point where they're, they are held back sometimes by it or like re constrained to a shape, mm -hmm. say, I don't really know how to describe this. Yeah, yeah, Sorry yeah. about that. But there is a point where you can kind of break through from it mm -hmm. and realize, you know, you learn how to interact in different cultures that, you know, are culturally, accept culturally acceptable without compromising who you are as a person. Yeah. And I learned how to do that in Japan to some extent. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really, really good for my own personal growth. <laughs> so. uh, what, what are some things that you learned through that process? Yeah, I just, well, first I learned that you know, there's a proverb. I don't know. It's not from the Bible, I don't think. But um, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. So I really just worked so hard, so hard in high school to, to just have these summers in Asia. Mm -hmm. And I did it both times that I tried. And it was really hard, but I did it. So I learned that, you know, I can really do do a lot more than I think I tell myself that I can. Mm -hmm. And if I work hard, you know, like, results and progress can definitely be achieved yeah <laughs> um yeah and i also learned that i don't know i just i am a lot more confident in myself now mm -hmm. you know I, I learned not to be afraid of unfamiliar situations i mean there's you know a level of some healthy fear when things might be dangerous yeah. but uh, i was a lot more bold and a lot more confident in myself mm -hmm. um and a lot more independent as well mm. because, you know, being away from family for a long time, um, I learned that I didn't really need anybody, you know, mm. yeah. I didn't need anyone to survive but myself. And obviously I survived because of the Lord, but in terms of humanity, like human yeah. relationships, yeah, yeah. I really don't truly need anybody. And I know that's not the Lord's will or mm -hmm. his heart for me is yeah. to be alone, but truly I don't need anybody. And so, yeah, I also learned that <laughs> yeah. relationships became more of a gift and a blessing to me rather than like a survival tool. Yeah. And, and like it, it's been in some areas that actually a previous talk where we kind of talked about uh, this in the world of martial arts, where after you get into something like that, it gives you a, an, a confidence, not an arrogance. Yeah. So like it builds your uh, esteem enough to understand not only the situation, but better understand yourself mm -hmm. and like what you can handle and what like what your breaking points are. And so I think it's like very interesting, like like going out of your comfort zone is like very important to find those 
those margin of errors and, and, and areas where you might need more refinement and like how to find refinement and stuff like that. Because you can't grow as a person if you don't know, if you can't recognize first where you need to grow. Yeah. Um, and so literally like you just like plunged yourself like into the flames just by like literally just like, all right, I'm going to another country. Yep. And also learning Japanese too was so hard. It was so hard in the yeah. beginning because I feel I felt like there was this brick wall that I was just, you know, hitting yeah. every two seconds with the language. Um, but also just working through that and mm -hmm. pushing through it, knowing that someday I would break past that wall and be able to speak Japanese. Mm -hmm. Like there were times where I could understand things, or I could write things, uh, but when it came to speaking with people, I could not. I couldn't do it. Uh, but I pushed through that my second summer there. And although I still have a lot more to learn, I was able to, you know, come up with responses just like that yeah. and um, articulate some of my thoughts like really well without even second guessing it. And yeah. there was almost like a switch in my brain that happened when I became, you know, fluent in speaking Japanese. Mm -hmm. um, that it was it was really weird. And I knew that that's where I had passed that that wall that I was trying to pass. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, so, you, so the first semester you said you got a C. Yeah. Um, when was that? <laughs> freshman year, first semester, I would have been 14. So, so freshman year, mm -hmm. first semester, and then second semester, that's when you enjoyed it and that's when you got into it. Yep. And then sophomore year, you were already in Japan. Well, so the summer after my sophomore year, I was in Japan, but oh, okay. so. um, actually I, at that point, I was past, you know, what we were learning in class. So that class was super easy. And really the mm -hmm. most learning that I was doing was by myself at home, okay. like self-study. Um, and then junior year, I was, I was in Japanese three, which again was just easy. So my teacher allowed me to take that class for the credit mm -hmm. and I'd get a good grade. But he also had me as a teacher's aide in another class period. Hmm. So I could like help teach things with him up there and like, also, that also helped me learn a lot because when you teach something rather than just learning it on yourself by yourself, yeah, I felt, I felt like I really truly, you know, when I was up there in front of the class, like writing things on the whiteboard, that's when I was like, oh, wait, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like mm -hmm. I knew this, but now I get it. Mm -hmm. And then senior year, um, my teacher had talked to me and said, hey, I don't think it would be the best idea for you to be in the class because he said, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else that I can teach you when it comes to, you know this type of level of Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, also, unfortunately, I think because of me being in Japanese 3 the last year had really discouraged some students hmm. because I was really, really um, engaged in the class. And But I knew what every, like, I knew what he was teaching, like, already. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, yeah, that yeah. kind of discouraged some students who didn't understand it quite yet. Hmm. Um so yeah, I, I agreed with his decision to not have me in his class, mm -hmm. but um, I would still, I was a tutor for Japanese also for the school and the Japanese program was really, really small. So yeah, but most of the learning I did was in Japan and by myself. Mm -hmm. And so like you had to have like had like obviously because of the amount of stuff that you were pushed through, like you, you, you mentioned that you have like a love and a passion for learning. But there had to have been a motivation for why Japanese specifically. And it started out as like the like the foot in the door was the teacher. And yeah. then after that, what encouraged you to further like develop this learning skill? Because if you because you mentioned that you love learning, mm -hmm. you could have very, very easily just stood up and said, OK, I like I, I realize now that I like languages. I'm going to choose one. Yeah. And you could have just like skipped it like immediately. But instead you stuck, you stuck through it mm -hmm. and you decided to learn it and become quote unquote fluent. Yeah. Um, so why Japanese specifically? <laughs> I remember watching all these YouTube videos of like Japanese culture. And um, also I just love the, the aesthetic mm -hmm. <laughs> of, you know, the kawaii things. Uh, kawaii means cute. So mm -hmm. like the cute cutesy things yeah, yeah yeah um so i don't know i just i was really interested in it and also it was like the first thing ever that i had been really 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 good at so i was like this is awesome and i also just loved how the language sounds mm -hmm. still love it um 
And I just was so proud of myself on the inside because yeah. I was like, wow, like, I don't know anyone really else who is into this as much as I am. Yeah, yeah. Which sometimes that would cause me to be a little bit um, insecure mm -hmm. yeah. because like, it's not, it's not a hugely common or interesting I guess, passion mm -hmm. of people, especially in North Idaho, where there's <laughs> a really big lack of diversity. Um, so, but yeah. yeah, I think I was just, just so like, wow, I can't believe I'm really good at this. Yeah. I, I think like the discouragement from most people is um, when, when it comes to like thinking about languages and mm -hmm. linguistics and stuff like that, because uh, Americans, like it's always American, like, like <laughs> my dad tells this joke all the time, or my, I think my grandpa tells this joke all the time. He's like, um, if you know three languages, you're trilingual. If you know two languages, you're bilingual. And if you know one, you're American, <laughs> and, which is so true. But basically, Americans, like, we just are like, we have no use for it. Like, a majority of the world speaks English. Like, why should I, like, dive into something that was yeah. going to take time, effort? And the big, like, turnoff for that, like, like that, like, for the focus and drive for it mm -hmm. is the fact that people tell you, you're not going to get really good at it unless you're talking to somebody all the time with it. Yeah. And like, and the fact that they're like, oh, okay, um, well, nobody like relatively near me speaks Japanese and whoever speaks Japanese it speaks American fluent, like English fluently. So yeah. they're like, literally the only motivation I have is, oh, I can talk secret languages like behind people's back mm. type of thing. Yeah. And so like my dad, he knows he's fluent in German. Okay. Um, but there was never like this drive or this encouragement from me or from him like to, to learn or to teach because it was kind of just like more or less a lot of people just pass it off as pointless. Mm -hmm. But that's what's so cool about like Europe, like going through Europe and all these different places is especially Europe because there's so many languages yeah. that when you're there, they take pride in learning languages. Mm -hmm. they, they love the fact that they can oh, okay, you speak this language. Okay, I'm better in this. Are you, okay, yes, we can speak that. And so um, I was in Germany and it was one of the coolest things because everybody, it, it, there was only a, like a couple of us that were um, English speaking Americans. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was Russian or German. Um, and it was really fun because they're just speaking back and forth in German. A uh, couple people are in Russian, and it's it was just super neat. And there was a couple people from England and yeah. uh, from uh, Manchester. 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 But but it was so cool because they actually would would walk up to you and deliberately try to practice their English because mm. they don't practice English very often. Yeah. But it's like they take pride in it. Like they they want to learn. They want to understand and actually be able to talk to people because there's a thing that like. There's an affinity that you can connect with people like way outside of just like translation mm -hmm. and like, like you can connect to like so many more people just by like literally millions more people are able to like connect to you on a deeper level just by learning a single language. Yeah. And I think that's what's super cool. Yeah. Something that's super, super interesting is how say Google Translate has evolved to now mm -hmm. where... Um, you can have a conversation with someone who doesn't speak the same language as you. Um, you just press a little button and you speak in, in your language and then it translates into their language and it speaks it to them and mm -hmm. then vice versa with you. But part of me is kind of saddened by that. Yeah, that that's I, what I was And most thinking. people in the world do speak more than one language. Mm -hmm. uh, like you were saying in America, um, it's, it's more rare mm -hmm. to be bilingual or trilingual. Um, but also the technology that has evolved into translations has been amazing. Yeah. But also there is a part of, you know, the language that you don't get when you use those translation translation services because you're missing the culture or sometimes words don't translate yeah. quite correct because there's not a word, like there will be a word in Japanese that's, n there's none in English. Yeah, the context is different. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think the drive to, you know, not pursue learning more languages in America is a little bit sad. And also a language is kind of like a little tool that you can put yeah, your, on your tool belt. Definitely. belt. Um, yeah. So. And, and you had men mentioned that it's almost like a mathematical thing. Yeah. Well, with Japanese, I, it seemed like it at first. It kind of still does because the grammar structure, I guess, for a sentence in English is just completely flipped around in Japanese. Like the mm. verb almost always comes last in Japanese. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and that's more not super common in English. Uh, and so just learning that, and then also there are particles like the, uh, is that in Japanese, um, it felt more like a mathematical equation when I was first learning it. Hmm. Um, with symbols, like mathematical symbols yeah. being Japanese. And so having that in like almost like a, it felt like I was doing math homework every night when I was first learning Japanese. Oh, don't say that. It <laughs> might discourage more people. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. But Japanese really isn't it, it was hard to learn at first. But once you pa push past that breaking point of mm -hmm. where you are just frustrated yeah. and you believe like, oh, I'm never going to be able to speak this language. Once you push past that, you're, it's just it becomes so much easier. And I really yeah. don't think that Japanese is the hardest language in the world to learn. Like I know that, well, that's not even said, anyways. But yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah. it's said to be one of the hardest ones for English speakers. Oh, okay. But I really I don't really necessarily agree with that. Hmm. I think Spanish for me has been more hard than Japanese. Really? Yeah. Supposedly Spanish is one of the easiest. I know. <laughs> I know. So maybe that's, I, I don't know. I don't study Spanish as much as I do mm -hmm. Japanese. Yeah. But. That may have actually been what was difficult was going from English to Japanese to Spanish. Because mm. from English to Spanish, like, quote unquote, it's supposedly very easy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But too. I think maybe because your brain is kind of like switching back and forth between that and the mathematical side. Yeah. Like I spent a little bit of time trying to learn Korean. Hmm. And it, that was easier than how it's been for me trying to learn Spanish. Is because Korean and Japanese are, you know, grammatical patterns are yeah. pretty similar. Similar, yeah. But it's like once I, you know, have that second language, maybe I'm categorizing in my brain Spanish as like being the same with Japanese. Mm -hmm. But it just it doesn't make sense to me because Japanese is this way and then Spanish is the other way, which is like English. So it's almost like I'm backtracking a little bit. Yeah. But with Korean, it's like, oh, yeah, just like fill in the, the blank with the same pattern. Yeah, just slightly different words, words and stuff like that. Yeah, and pronunciation and stuff. Um, so how I mentioned um, how people find it like discouraging because nobody else would speak to them type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like there are other forms of media that you can use or like in, dive into yeah. um, movies, music, all these different things. How do you stay, quote unquote, like on on your game? Just like with um with like different types of media and stuff yeah i mean i feel like i it's like my japanese has almost gone into hibernation a little bit mm. like i have so much not like knowledge and information in my brain about japanese and stuff but sometimes i can't recall it but i'll, I'll hear a word and it's like oh boom there it is again like, yeah ready to use it you know how to use yeah. it you just forgot about it so um yeah i haven't really the most I've been doing is sometimes I'll watch like a Japanese film mm -hmm. or listen to some sort of Japanese music or I'll speak Japanese with a couple of friends who also know how to speak Japanese. And so that's really, it's, just, it's the conversation of getting back into the conversation of it. Yeah. Otherwise, like when I read it or like I can understand a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, but when, when it comes back to like being reminded that, okay, you can use this and you've learned it before and you know how to do it. Just being reminded of that specific thing is then it's like a snap and it's like, okay, now I can use it again. Yeah. So it's... Uh, do you think it'd be very easy to forget? Um, yeah, I don't... I think so. Also because I do... Oh, another way, I guess, is I speak Japanese to myself, I think, more than I do English. Hmm. And uh, one thing that really helped me um, get comfortable speaking it, just like in sentences, sentences and stuff, was... Um, I would pray in Japanese instead of English, hmm. even though I don't really like know specifically how to properly pray to the Lord in Japanese. Yeah. I don't really think it really matters that much to him in my context. I mean, maybe a little, I don't, I'm not sure, but um, yeah. Also speaking to myself, I can just be like, blah, 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 blah. but then with other people, sometimes it's a little bit more intimidating, especially mm -hmm. if they know Japanese. Cause like yeah. I'll be able to correct my mistakes or fix mistakes or point them out. And um, yeah, so I've recently just been speaking it a lot more and getting back into that pattern of like communication rather than just what, like speaking to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the two-sidedness of it is like a, a whole different beast, like mm -hmm. to understand and yeah. to respond is like yeah. a big thing. Um, my friend, one of my friends uh, also went on his mission trip. Mm -hmm. um, 
he's a Mormon, went on a mission trip to um, to South America, mm. English, uh, I mean, Spanish speaking. And, yeah. But he like totally like, um, <laughs> we pretty much like kind of like passed off Spanish, like through high school, kind of just like got through it. Mm. And he was very just like, he would joke about no hablo ingles type <laughs> <Yeah>. of thing. <laughs> um, and then it was just hilariously ironic that he got spent to span sent to Spanish speaking. Yeah. Um, and so he went and immediately he was put into like three week course where he had to try and learn and stuff. He said he learned like nothing. Mm. And so basically they put, they, they threw him straight into the culture. Yeah. And he, he said, um, it, it's basically the, like survival mode. Yeah. Your brain goes yeah. into survival mode to like, if you don't know this, if you don't understand this, like very, very soon, like it's, it's, it's going to be very bad for you type of thing. Yeah. So like he, like his brain just like forced him to learn Spanish as soon as possible. And yeah. now he's completely fluent. Like he's great. But even coming back, like after span, like speaking Spanish for like one and a half, two years, um, he came back and he said he had to continue to use it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise that fluency, yeah. like granted, like I guarantee he would be able to recall upon it, mm -hmm. but that, that like that fluency of like tone and stuff like that, I'm sure uh, he said was kind of like deteriorate. He noticed a, a, like a deterioration the moment he came back to the U S yeah, for and, sure. And so it's kind of just like important to, to stay, to, to recollect on it. Yeah. At least every once in a while, somehow. And something that I I also would do, and not occasionally, but I listen to Japanese podcasts. Or mm. I mean, occasionally I will, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. But I used to do this a lot. Is I would just have like Japanese constantly just in my ear, even if I didn't hear, like understand it. Yeah. It was so good for me to just hear it, mm -hmm. and that's also a difference being you know in America and you know learning Japanese versus in Japan is just you're surrounded yeah. by what you're learning, and it's just so much easier like more beneficial than being in america where there's nothing yeah so and i yeah i would say definitely my language skills have deteriorated a little bit but like i was saying i can pull things out of yeah, my yeah, head yeah. that so like it's not like they're gone forever for mm -hmm. me sometimes I, I mean maybe there's like a vocab word or two that you know i'll have to relearn but um yeah it's been interesting like noticing the things that I have forgotten yeah once I hear it again mm -hmm. like certain words or like grammar patterns and then being reminded and then integrating that back into my own speech yeah as bad as it may sound I think it's better to like learn and this goes for anything including languages it's better to uh to learn something then forget it and then relearn it faster mm -hmm. than wait until you need that and yeah, then learn it. Exactly. Yeah. Because then it just it delays the forgetful process till later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm not super, you know, I'm not super fluent in yeah. Japanese, but like I definitely can, can make my way around and yeah. uh, express my opinions or express my, I don't know, things I want to say. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not in the best way, mm -hmm. but I, I definitely can communicate. Very cool. And even my dad, um, mm -hmm. uh, he was like at the perfect age yeah. for when he, when they were in Germany. Cause my grandpa is a, uh, pastor and he was a, uh, he was doing missionary work. Okay. Um, and so they were over there and my dad was, I think he was like seven or eight, but he was at the perfect age so that he learned it. He picked it up the fastest mm -hmm. and he's retained it the most out of anybody. Yeah. So like literally he'll think of a word and say it in German but he wouldn't have said that word in over 20 plus years. Yeah, wow. But, and he'll never have remembered or thought of that, that about that word. Mm -hmm. And like he, he's, he's even asked somebody who is fluent in German. He's like, what's this word? And then right before they're about to say it, he remembers it yeah. and he can visual, visually remember it. And then he'll say it like at the same time with them. And so it's like yeah. very interesting. Like, it, like it's a skill that you can call upon. Um, but doesn't necessarily like should be refreshed, but doesn't necessarily have to be fluent hundred percent of the time. I would yeah, assume. I know. I agree. And, and there's definitely situations where, um, 
it's easier to recall things rather than when it's not. And I think that for me would be the amount of pressure that I'm in, like in this, in this, you know, situation with a person. Mm -hmm. Do I have to make sure that my speech is the most respectful that it can Uh, be? Yeah. Versus can I just speak as if I'm talking to myself almost Mm -hmm. like not a lot of, it's called like keigo is in Japanese, the level of, respect yeah 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 yeah. uh that is shown in the language and some uh like verb endings for or change uh and like a dip sometimes words are completely switched out (laughs) i don't know what that was (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's just been a really long uh learning process for me uh something i've just really enjoyed and now i can use it occasionally and it's fun when when's the next trip to japan it was supposed to be right now, but I, but yeah, but, it's gonna work out. That's okay. Um, soon, I would assume. Soon. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Honestly, my right now, I'm just trying to you know finish my degree. Yeah. But and this year would have been the golden year for me to do a study abroad. Uh, so I can't do that anymore. But that's yeah. okay. But really, after I graduate college, I just I want to travel yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I would definitely, definitely prioritize like going back to Japan. Maybe not being like the first place on my list, but definitely like I would love to go back. It's the first place on my list. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wait, where do you want to go in Japan? I have no idea. All right. Well, if you need recommendations, I'll 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 I'll, I'll get some recommendations. <laughs> um. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. What was the uh, study process? Because granted, you were in class, but you said you also learned most of it just by yourself. Yeah. You said YouTube is a big thing. Yeah, YouTube was a big thing for me. I also had bought all these books off of Amazon. And I had a desk in my room. I mean, still have it, but back in Idaho. Because I'm from Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, North Idaho. I I would just go home and I would put in my headphones and listen to music. And really, for some reason, that really helped me focus on what I was learning in like these books that I would buy books about Japanese mm-hmm. language or like kanji, for example. Kanji is um, is Chinese characters that's used in Japanese. Huh. So I can read pretty well kanji because I would study it a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or so I thought. And then you <laughs> go to Japan and it's everywhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's real. I feel like I don't know anything. But also through that, I learned a lot because when I was in Japan, I would carry around a notebook and like write things down when I would see things and then review it at the end of the day so but yeah when i learned japanese it was mainly just through the books that i bought on amazon Mm -hmm. and also i had a few apps on my phone that would let me talk to japanese people Hmm. so yeah um what what's the biggest encouragement that you could give to somebody who's either started a language and Mm. finds it difficult or has uh decided to just give up (laughs) well don't give up. It is really hard and it's really frustrating. I remember being in Japan and just like breaking down crying one time because I just felt like so lost. That was my first summer and just like I was never going to be able to speak Japanese or communicate. And it was just so, so just impossible. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens. I mean, I, I think maybe that's a good thing that happens with language, language learning because you have to pick yourself up. And be like, I, you know, it's okay that I'm struggling like this. Japanese is really hard to learn at first. Uh, but I'm I'm just going to push through it and just keep trying to learn it and hope that one day I will make it, you know, and yeah. be able to communicate. Because uh, that will happen if you keep persistently learning something. It, mm-hmm. it will. So I would say, yeah, don't give up. Uh, it's okay to feel discouraged and it's definitely okay to feel a little bit anxious and like depressed mm. over lack of growth uh, but just keep pushing through it because it will happen you will break through yeah in the language hmm. and um once you learn one language it's easier to learn more so it has been said <laughs> so it's been said but uh, like as, as you yeah. said like I'm, I'm sure it's kind of just like a a tree branch yeah. kind of thing so that it's like if you go far enough on a limb jumping limbs makes it pretty difficult yeah like that's like true. on the romance languages mm. versus mm-hmm. these other like the asian languages and stuff like that i'm i'm sure there's quite a bit like a disconnect in that area 
But mm -hmm. similar languages, like you said, Korean yeah. and stuff, mm -hmm. like you've picked up Korean way faster than you picked up Jap Japanese. Yeah, because I had the basics and the fundamentals of Japanese grammar Yeah, that are similar in Korean. So I think that's super cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I also haven't spent as much effort or time or even yeah, money yeah, yeah. trying to learn other languages. Like Japanese for me was like, I saw this big mountain. I was like, mm -hmm. heck yeah, I'm going to destroy this mountain. Yeah. Uh, and I eventually, I haven't destroyed it yet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been like six and a half years, but I don't <laughs> think I ever will, to be honest. Yeah. Like it's just always going to be a lifelong learning process, mm -hmm. which um, I'm okay with. Like that's better. Than oh yeah, just, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to stay passionate and learn be always learning because yeah. like you said you you enjoy learning so mm -hmm. this is literally something that you're going to keep learning yeah it's not something that it's just like oh rubik's cube oh you learned it once exactly better yeah like get better type mm -hmm. of thing yeah um uh like one of the things when people think about um learning a language is it's like oh it's better on your resume <laughs> and it's like yeah <laughs> right yeah but if you have that mindset to learn a language just to, you know, make yeah. your resume better or make you You're not gonna possibly... be as motivated. Yeah, it's just like for me, like that doesn't really I mean it's a big benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also like uh it's not super important for me. Yeah. For me it was just more like I was just super passionate about it and just wanted to conquer it. So, totally. Yeah. I like one of like my I've had a lot of lots of these like throughout my youth. Mm -hmm. Um, but like my philosophy was like I never want to put myself in a position where the difference between me and another person is something as simple as language. Yeah. Like as far as like job positions and stuff like that. I want, I was like, I want to build myself to the point where, um, th that's just like, like that it doesn't matter type mm -hmm. of thing. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's based upon me and not upon, Oh, he learned, he knows Spanish. He has two years in Spanish yeah, or something like that. Exactly. But, um, yeah. So I think it's super cool. Just learn a language. Um, don't be intimidated by it. Well, there's a health, healthy level healthy. of intimidation. Yes. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was very intimidated by Japanese once I got to Japan. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is impossible. Yeah. I'm stupid. Like, that was the narrative I had, like, the first summer. Mm -hmm. But then second summer, I was like, wait, actually, I, I'm doing it kind of thing. Yeah, but and that's that's, like, full-fledged, like, you're, like, in the deep end of yeah. like intimidation because it's literally everywhere mm -hmm. but like it, it it yes like you said there's a healthy level of intimidation but there if you're too intimidated to start or yeah. even consider it mm -hmm. like that's when there's a problem well and also going to japan um it's a very very homogeneous society mm -hmm. so me being white yeah. and very blonde like mm -hmm. blue eyes um i got a lot of attention sometimes uh in the places where there weren't a lot of foreigners and so having that pressure as well i think it was kind of like the pressure you know like that i don't know if diamonds are made out of coal i don't know but like just like it forces you it's like yeah. you're saying like your friend was he felt like it was in survival mode like yeah. it forced him to learn more like way more than he would have if there wasn't that pressure yeah and so yeah for me also there was that and i really wanted to not just be seen as this like guy kokujin which is uh foreigner yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh i really i mean of course i'm always going to be seen like that in japan yeah. even if i live there my whole life mm -hmm. like um that's just japanese culture but i really also wanted to actually make friends and communicate hmm. and uh that was that was my biggest accomplishment yeah because mm -hmm. because i think when people think about learning it's strictly all the books yeah the the diving in the the countless hours of youtube and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff but i think there will uh, like that breakthrough as you said can definitely come from the moment that you learn that you can actually not communicate just how are you but yeah. you can actually communicate more more deeper emotions mm -hmm. rather than oh where are you going what are you doing yeah type of thing yeah exactly and um yeah, I still have friends from Japan that I contact or like communicate with this day. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, and they're also learning English too. So it's kind of, but um, there's a few friends that I only speak to in Japanese because, yeah. yeah. But um, 
I don't know. It's just also making connections around the world. Mm-hmm. Like the world, it's it's a huge place, but because I have connections in Japan, it just feels a little bit smaller, a little mm-hmm. bit more manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't want to. I don't want to view the world as like oh, I know everything. Like yeah. I, I can handle everything. It's definitely not true. But um, I definitely have more confidence in myself that anywhere I go, you know, I will be okay mm-hmm. eventually. <laughs> That's super cool. And, yeah. And. As simple as a thought that that may seem, like it's very, very important. Yeah. And it's a thing that um, a lot more people um, would, <laughs> it happens a lot more than we'd like to, uh, like to say or like to comprehend and admit. Ad- admit. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah basically. Um, and so it's very cool that, that that's like one of the major benefits from doing and learning and different things. Um, very very cool. I, I'm still just like, I think it's so cool the fact that you just like came out of nowhere and you yeah. were just like, yeah, sure, why not? Thanks. I mean, I wasn't like, yeah, sure, why not? At first, I was like, no, yeah, 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 definitely yeah. don't want to do this. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. I had a bad attitude about it, but it's funny how God kind of used that uh, experience to just grow me so much as yeah. a person and realize, you know, other parts of my personality that I didn't even know existed yeah. or like who I am. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. The attitude, oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Probably best experience of my life was just going through that process. And you could have very easily said no. Yeah. At any point. I mean, I, I sometimes I wished I had because hmm. the amount that I was working during the whole year. Yeah. Just to spend, you know, three months in a different country was yeah. like... I was just like not getting good sleep. I was mm-hmm. struggling with school, like this classes I didn't like, like math mm-hmm. or science. Uh, and um, yeah, but looking back, it was so worth it. And it also made me feel just way, like I feel like I learned so much in high school, but not really academically wise, like with mm-hmm. my classes, but just what I was doing for myself. Yeah. So yeah. that's always the best experiences and the best way to learn. Yeah is mm-hmm. like just experience it learn it dive into it yeah and i actually graduated not with honors but with a with a special honor or whatever it was called um because my japanese teacher nominated me for like uh i don't even it wasn't an official award but like i got a me- medal and stuff for graduation i was hey. at the senior banquet for um language learning and that hadn't been a thing before. So hey. I was like the first person to graduate with this medal. Hey, super cool. Yeah. So I still have that. But That was the only reason you did it. That, yeah. That, that was the goal. That was the goal. <laughs> and you accomplished it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know. Just, it was so fun. Yeah. I think I, that, that is super cool. And um, definitely should encourage people and others to... It, keep an open mind not only not just to learn yeah. but at least to be open to understand the re- the fact that the purpose of languages is necessary yeah and not just google translate can express deeper and complex emotions yeah and, and i also think that people are more alike than they are different like oh, yeah. when you get down to the, the heart um and i think you know e- eco what is it called e- ethnocentrism Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's... I think that's what it's called. Um, in America where you, you see like... Um, you see your own people group as like way better, mm-hmm. way smarter, mm-hmm. way more advanced than any other person or people group because of that's just the, the culture that you're in. You think that is supreme over any other culture and you judge all these other cultures by your own culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely like had conversations with people at GCU where they believe that um, American culture is like the epitome of human, of humanity. Yeah. And that every single other culture in the world is just lagging. Which is true. No, I'm just kidding. No, okay. (laughs) I was like, hold on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hold a second. Hold on a second. Um, Yeah, I just think once you actually spend time getting to know other cultures, Mm -hmm. um, that goes, hopefully that goes away. So I definitely don't agree with that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It, like you said, like it when it brings the world like just a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. like you 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 level with people a bit easier, like yeah. from different places, different different cultures. Because in reality, we're all the same. 
but yeah. just put in different scenarios and different circumstances. Yeah, and humans are able to um, adjust and integrate into other cultures exactly. as well. But also, I don't want to say that culture is not, you know, a fundamental part of how some people are. Mm -hmm. um, I think cultures are so important for, you know, human civilization and they are sacred. And, um, yeah, it just it makes me sad also, like, seeing in the news, like, this agenda that America is the epitome yeah. of all yeah. of humanity and we are the best and everyone else is second place. Like, there's a healthy level of patriotism. And then there's just, you know, being um, xenophobic. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, that makes me sad to see that in the U.S. Mm. a lot. And you think it's being more and more prevalent or it's always kind of been there? Mm, I think it has always been there, but I think that it has been with, you know, the advancement of media and news, I guess you could say it's been a lot more brought to light or a lot more exaggerated. Mm -hmm. However, like this country was built on the exploitation of people, people groups. Mm -hmm. um, not saying that this country is inherently evil. Do not believe that. But I also am not one who believes that, you know, America is the best country. Yeah. I don't think there is a best country. Mm -hmm. um, and so, especially with like the election that was happening and all the political craziness that happened in the yes, past four years, craziness. I just... I just kind of got into this funk where I I could say like that I really didn't like America a lot because mm. of I think also just everyone now with social media as well has like a platform. They're just speaking and speaking and speaking. And I recently just deleted my Instagram because I was just getting so overwhelmed with with that, with just hearing everyone's voice. Mm -hmm. And there's a time for that, but not every, you know, every single day. And I also realized that that is was disrupting kind of my peace of mind mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean i'm not the most patriotic person but i definitely uh, really appreciate the united states and i i am so thankful that you know i was born here yeah that i lived here could live here because um i have so many opportunities like i don't know if i could say the same if i was in another country if i could have even yeah, gone yeah. to japan at all so um yeah it's been, that's an interesting question for me because I've been just debating that in my head. Like, what is the level of pride that I have in this country versus that I don't? Mm -hmm. And the question of the hour is how much of that, like of your perception on that topic has been changed strictly because of your time in Japan and learning a language? Yeah, um, a lot. Yeah. Uh, because I also realized my personality kind of changes when I speak in Japanese. Japanese when hmm. I'm in Japan because there's so much of the culture of Japan that is rooted in the language that it almost changes who I portray myself to be hmm. like but it doesn't it's not something that I'm like oh I have to hide myself it's yeah, like yeah, really yeah. just truly like my personality kind of changes uh and I realized also that I'm still Julia like Julia is Julia no matter what culture or what language mm -hmm. But, like, the essence of who I am is so, so, so much, you know, more simple or maybe even more advanced, I don't know, than, you know, where I just am used to living. Because there's definitely things in America that I conform to because it's America mm -hmm. versus that I will not conform to if I'm in Japan, for example, or that yeah. I will. And it's just, I realize, like, people are people and... <laughs> they act differently in cultures and have different responses, you know, different ways of communicating, but really, truly deep down, I think that most people, you know, want what's best for the world. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's really interesting. Actually. I try not to think of myself as, you know, you know, held back behind culture, but I, I am like everyone is. You yeah. Know? I don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry. No, no, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. You you did you did great. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fascinating the fact that when you start learning a language, when the initial instinct instinctive thought is you're going in to communicate with people mm -hmm. to understand how they speak and uh, be able to speak and portray. Uh, complex thoughts and emotions and intentions mm -hmm. but deep down when 
you learn a language, there's a lot more to it that you're learning than just language barriers. Yeah. You're now understanding cultural barriers, mm -hmm. um, understanding people's emotions further. Maybe there's a word that um, in Japanese that portrays an emotion that people in America would don't have a specific word for. Yeah, there is actually. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard of a couple. Yeah, like what? Wait, do you remember? Oh, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember the, the, yeah. the Japanese specific ones. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, the fact that there's like, and like to us, it's like mind blowing. Yeah. We're like, wow, I never even thought that that was in, like a motion or something yeah. like that. So even just like the poetic justice of other languages and just learning uh, like opens up your ideas of like your ideals of not only just politics and worldview and stuff like that, but also just emotion and yeah. Um, yeah. understanding not only the world, but yourself. Exactly. It really, it really, you know, opens up this gateway to understanding of yourself, of yourself mm -hmm. and um, also other people. But truly it just, it makes things, you know, more complicated in terms of how much you have to learn, but more simple mm -hmm. also because you're like, okay, that makes sense here and that makes sense here. Yeah. Even though the, these two do not match. Yeah, yeah. It just makes sense. So, yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Me too. Um, Thank you. Yeah. As you said, you, you're, you could ramble on about many a different passions. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hope this one embodied uh, yeah. a, good, a, good, a good portion of... Um, your passions and ideas and it stuff. It did. Thank you. And I feel like there's just so much, you know, I could say about Japan in particular, but I just, I don't know how to quite categorize everything. Or you could say it in Japanese and then we'll, we'll translate <laughs> it. <laughs> I can teach you something. Oh dear. Okay. So do you want to learn Jiko Shokai? Jiko Shokai? Yeah. Self-introductions. Sure. So do you know Hajimimashite? Hajimimashite. 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 Watashi no. Watashi no. Namae wa. Namae wa. Kiristan desu. Kiristan desu. Yeah, good job. You actually said that kind of good. Hey. Nice. Good job. Yeah, that, you just, just said just hi. Repeat, just, nice to meet you. My name is Christian. I'll, <laughs> I'll just go back in the podcast and I'll have to re-listen to it like a few times. But. Yeah, good job. <laughs> いや、ありがとう。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありが
Yeah, honestly. And honestly, it's kind of a lifelong process as well, language learning. So mm-hmm. yeah, just be prepared to be learning your whole life. Which isn't a problem, which isn't a bad it's thing. It's great. It's it's good to learn things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much podcast. for being here. Yeah, and uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate and it. with that, uh, how do you say goodbye? Uh, you could say like, bye-bye, or you could say sayonara, if it's more like a uh, farewell, I guess. Which, sayonara. 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 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>